Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about Chris Colin. Chris, how the hell are you today, sir? I am styling. I am profiling. I got the limousine riding, jet plane flying, son of a gun. And I'm the two-time Hall of Famer, and it's Freaking great to be back at Perfectville, Sam. How the hell are you? Well, the nature boy, Chris Colin, joining us here Woo! from North Carolina, flair country, if you will. Uh, obviously feeling himself here on the eve of the Miami Dolphins playing football once again. Mm. Uh, we're going to talk all about the uh, training camp that's just finishing up, uh, preseason happening, some injuries that we got going for the Miami Dolphins, some news uh, about some wide receivers making some noise, some quarterbacks making some noise, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. It's uh, The Hall of Fame game has completed, so uh, I didn't really watch a lot of that game, Chris, but it was good to know that it was there. Uh, but before we get into any and all of that, it has been a while. Um, obviously, people uh, heard our spat last week after we were gone for quite a while and thought maybe it would be a long time before we came back, which is not true. Uh, we're back here and uh, doing podcasts on the reg once again. And while we do that, we do need to talk about the citizens of Perfectville and how great they are. And as always, read a couple of reviews that we got on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we've got three here, Chris, uh, that we do need to uh, touch base with. Uh, the first one, it's a five-star rating and a review nice. from Lilo Led or Lilo Led. And this is not the first time that this person has actually said it because I remember this name. Uh, but they say, this is simply delightful, which makes it makes me think that it's a Matt Hardy fan. Just <laughs> like that expensive bottle of whiskey that you only drink every other weekend when you're just uh, when you just want to relax and enjoy life, that is this awesome podcast. You don't have it every day, but when a new episode comes up, it's always great, funny, and informative. Special kudos for the last episode. I haven't laughed that much in a long time. Simply the best podcast. Well, thank you very much, Lilo Led. And you're right. Uh, we are like a very fine whiskey and that you don't want to have us every day, not even every week, maybe not even every month at this point. Um, <laughs> but every now and then you pour yourself a glass of uh, Perfectville, you sip it, and you melt into the couch and enjoy yourself for the next 30, 40, 50 minutes there, Chris. Any oversaturation is just too much. But we we like to give it to you in small doses uh, because we don't want you guys getting just uh, tired of hearing about us and, and hearing our voices. So yeah, I think we it worked out perfect. Um, preseason is upon us. Like we literally, this is game week, Sam, that we're recording. It's yep. the first time we can say that in a while. So I think we're hitting our stride at the right time. So I, I, I appreciate Lilo Led coming out with that five star fire rating. Yeah, that was a five star fire rating. The next one comes from Crackerzak. That is the name, Crackerzak. Um, five stars and it says, "Good, it's okay, I guess." <laughs> That's the final review. Five stars, That's perfect. It's okay, I guess. So uh, I mean, I'm Ron Burgundy. Like yeah. it's it's a podcast. That that might be that might be our new. I might get rid of the you know when I do the new intro now. It'll be welcome to Perfectville. It's okay, I guess. <laughs> that would be great. Or like Chris, how are you? And I'll just be like, I'm okay. 
okay, I guess. I'm okay, <laughs> Just I like guess. the show. Yeah, just like the show. I'm okay, I guess. Um, okay, well, thank you very much, Cracker Zach. This, uh, this entire review was okay, I guess. And then, uh, <laughs> because our fans, I swear to God, they're all related somehow. This comes from... <laughs> Ew. This, yeah, exactly. All of our fan base is only Okeechobee County yeah, in it's, Florida. It's, it's a family tree that does not branch off. Uh, this comes from Jumbo Trumbo, Chris. And he gives us five stars and says, okay times had by all. The most okayest podcast I've ever heard. <laughs> and that is the entire review. That's not the same guy. Like, that's totally Cracker Zach. Yeah, Cracker Jumbo. Zach. Yeah, Jumbo Trumbo. Trumbo and Cracker Zach might be cousins. Because one says, it's okay, I guess. And the other says, it's the most okayest podcast I've ever heard. That is the most, I mean, that is the most perfect description of what we do here. It is just... I mean, it's not bad. Right. It's not great. It's right. just, it's okay. We'll, like, yeah, it's good. We'll get nominated for awards. We just won't win them. That's that's kind of where right. we're at. Yeah, we yeah. are Leonardo DiCaprio uh, prior to the Revenant. Like, we're just we're nominated. Like, yeah, Inception's okay. I guess. I mean, it's okay. It's weird. It's okay. Yeah, we're uh, we're the Susan Lucci of the daytime Emmys. And fuck you, yes, I know <laughs> who Susan Lucci is in the daytime Emmys, but that's okay. Anyway, Chris. I think uh, it might too. Was she in like All My Children and all that? Yeah, I think that's the one. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Look at We're us. getting shit on for that. I can't yeah. wait for the okay tweets that we get. Well, it, uh, people should check out our other podcast, Soap Operas Are Okay, uh, with Chris <laughs> Cullen and Sam Marcoux. Uh, we can Who talk dropped about... the soap? <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good title for a podcast, for a soap opera. That, or a so... Yeah, dude, that would be good. Who dropped the soap? Uh, a weekly a weekly look at Days of Our Lives. Um that aside, uh, we have our own drama. We have our own soap opera. It's called The Miami Dolphins and being a fan of The Miami Dolphins here, Chris. So with all, all those five-star reviews and okay reviews out of the way, uh, let's talk a little bit about The Miami Dolphins. It's been a long time since you and I have sat down and actually just looked at our personnel, looked at what's going on on the field. We've got new coaches. We've got new GMs. We've got new players. We've got a new season just on the cusp here. Uh, they're actually playing a couple days from now. Uh, their first preseason game, I believe, against the Atlanta Falcons, who just played their first game, the Hall of Fame game. Um, do you want to talk about that first? you want to talk about some individual players? Uh, where do you want to go here, Chris? Uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit just about the the season starting. Like well, okay. Our expectations, I think, Sam, is one of those things that um, have not been a secret. I mean, I think we're both expecting to be bottom dwellers in the league, possibly surprising us. I did want to talk a little bit about what your thoughts are on, on how this season goes. Um and, and as far as where it's game week, like I know it's preseason week one, so really completely it's irrelevant. But there's a lot of talk about Josh Rosen and how he's doing in camp. Uh, Fitzpatrick's inconsistencies, which have been consistent, right. uh, Lee, how he performs on any team he's been on. There's a lot of rumble about, and there's some big wig guys, former NFL players, saying there's it's just absolutely. Uh, ridiculous that Josh Rosen isn't playing this season starting. You're wasting your time with Ryan Fitzpatrick. We've talked about this before about him possibly just accidentally winning a six, seven games. And we're back in the same rudder of just mediocrity. What do you think, Sam? What do you, what do you think as Brian Flores? What do you say to your team? How do you portray it to the media? And how do you make that decision on who starts and what we should expect from the season? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking two different levels of expectations here at, at a minimum, right? I think as the fan base, uh, the bottom fell out at the end of last year, Adam Gase and his team's gone. Uh, this whole thing has been redone, right? We've got new coaches, new players, new types of players, new types of coaching schemes. We've already gotten rid of our offensive line coach uh, that, that Brian Flores yeah. hired a couple of months ago because he wasn't cutting the mustard, according to Brian Flores. So, I mean, we're already making changes on the fly as it is. Uh, I think everyone, 
um, that's watching this team and following this team as a fan, even as a journalist, expects this team to be pretty bad. About the only people that probably don't expect this team to be bad are the players themselves and the coaches themselves. They have a different level of expectation than we do. And this is Brian Flores' first head coaching gig. He's not looking to say, well, uh, maybe I am wasting my time with this guy. He's looking to say, I need to win games. I need to get these guys behind me. I need them to buy into what I am telling them and what I am preaching and coaching here. And the way to do that is to put people that I trust out on the field and have them perform. Even if we don't win, they at least can run the playbook. You know, we, we lose because we don't have talent. We don't lose because, you know, we can't execute basic plays. And I think that's kind of where he's coming from, Chris. I think that's why you're seeing some veterans, uh, um, at least at the quarterback position with Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, be given the nod. I mean, Brian Flores came out at the, at the start of camp and said he's clearly ahead. I mean, Josh Rosen isn't anywhere in the, in the conversation. Uh, that seems to be changing a little bit, but uh, I think that's probably the mindset. Uh, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I, if we win six or seven games, I think Miami has enough draft capital if they need to go up and get a quarterback that they can trade up and go get one of those quarterbacks. I'm not worried about that. I, I, I mean, uh, you would want to not do that because you want to rebuild with all those draft picks. But if you have to go up and get somebody, I think we have the ability to go do that. My thing is this, is that you have you went out and traded a second-round pick. That's uh, that's pretty high capital for a current uh, dra- draft selection, draft year. We traded a second-round pick. Yes, we traded down a little bit, but we uh, traded a second-round pick for this kid, Josh Rosen. It was a 10th overall pick last season, and you're sitting here in a year with no expectations at all. Steven Ross isn't firing you if you lose. Um, there's veterans already getting replaced or getting their playing time diminished, uh, uh, a.k.a. Alonzo and Rashad Jones. They're not seeing the field as much and uh, yeah. during training camp. A lot of that's injuries. A lot of it, a lot of that is, uh, you know, just getting a, a young blood in there. So what is the problem with just letting Rosen roll? Like, let him play. If you're going to lose, you'll lose. If you win, you found your quarterback. I don't understand. Uh, I can see where people are coming from when you have that young of a guy. Ryan Fitzpatrick is 100% no way the future of this franchise. So what are we doing? It feels like a wasted season. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. And, and you, we, we bought we did spend a second-round draft pick on him, but we bought low. I mean, that guy, like you said, was the 10th yeah. overall pick the, the year before. I mean, that is getting a discounted price on a p- possible future quarterback. The only way this bites us in the ass this is the only scenario that I can think bites us in the ass here, Chris, is if you know we lose a lot early and Ryan Fitzpatrick is benched and Rosen comes in and starts – just winning games and ultimately we become one or two weeks short of making the playoffs and then everyone can look back and say if you'd started them sooner we'd be in the playoffs and you wouldn't be in this position and then at that point you have to make a decision well is he really truly the guy going into right. the year after that or do we go spend- all over again. exactly so that that's the only scenario that this might come back and bite us in the ass here's what i'm thinking i'm thinking both are going to play um, if Fitzpatrick starts the season, fine. Uh, I think Rosen finishes the season, barring any injuries. And I don't think we're going to be that good. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I hate to say that, citizens, but I, I don't think we're going to be that good. So whether we win five games or six games, does it really matter? I think we're going to go get a quarterback at the end of this season, regardless. You know, again, barring some sort of crazy miracle. Yeah, it makes sense. No, and um, you know, with the with the season approaching and things like that, and a tough schedule ahead, it is going to be nice. I think we've talked about this before how. We kind of are just sitting back, not expecting anything. It's like the Vince Vaughn and dodgeball, right? He doesn't set any goals that way. If he doesn't obtain them, he doesn't, you know, disappoint in himself. We can just sit here and be like, whatever. We're gonna, you know, we're okay. We're gonna have an okay season, right? We're yeah. okayest. And if we do good, we beat expectations. If we suck, we expected it. So it's kind of an odd season going into it because even last year we're like, all right, Ten Hill's healthy and he's with Gase. Here we go, and it's like the same thing over again. So it is, it is kind of nice going in with just complete. 
you know, no expectations at all. Yeah, I mean, and the season's going to be okay, I guess, like you said. It'll be fine. <laughs> and uh, and speaking of Vince Vaughn, I, I agree. We, it, much like any Vince Vaughn movie, you walk in with zero expectations uh, based on who <laughs> you're looking at right there, whether it's Vince Vaughn in a movie or this Miami Dolphins team against any other football team uh, in the NFL in 2019. So uh, that out of the way, it does look like Ryan Fitzpatrick will be starting, at least to start the year. Josh Rosen seems like he's starting to pick it up a little bit more, maybe getting a little more comfortable uh, making some throws that he otherwise wasn't able to make. Um, but you mentioned Rashad Jones, and that's where I wanted to go next here, Chris. Nice. Um, let's yeah. talk about Rashad Jones right now, because last I heard, last I read, last I saw, Rashad Jones is in a walking boot. Now he's not limping, and he doesn't seem to have anything that's going to be a super long-term injury. However, everything that I'm reading here is that he's going to be doubtful for all of the preseason, and he may not be available for the season opener. Um, what are your thoughts on Rashad Jones starting the season, old man Jones, with a huge contract? Uh, not performing in preseason at all and possibly missing the first part of the season. Is this, um, is this worrisome for you or no? Uh, here's the thing with Rashad Jones. I love the guy. I love him. I love Rashad Jones. I feel like he's in that uh, Mount Rushmore of our generation players that have been around with the Cam Wakes of the world. Um, he just is that player that makes a difference when he's on the field. He's lost a step. Like, I mean, it's just it's just noticeable. He's playing with injuries last year. I know. He's still great. He's still great safety. We've been spoiled with this guy. Um, but it's just one of those things, and the Patriots always get rid of a player a year early rather than a year late. Yeah. And that's what this – who we have now running the show with Chris Greer, these Patriot guys, they've already moved Bobby McCain to safety. Yeah. We've got Minka Fitzpatrick playing in the slot, but also can play safety too. McDonald is – clearly getting more snaps than Rashad Jones on out there and to the point where Rashad is you know didn't show up for uh, voluntary work and has mm. been there but has not been happy about his playing time but he's not making a fuss about it I would not be surprised if he's moved with that contract if possible maybe to a contender I can see a team like the Chargers or somebody going after him interesting um but I, you know, or NFC team like the you know the Rams or something like that, or the Saints. Uh, imagine them adding a Rashad Jones uh, if he's not as injured as he looks. Get that contract, and he's a one and two year guy. I could see them doing that. I could also see him playing after week one and and doing what he does: ninety tackles, four picks, and 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 that's it. He's Rashad Jones. I just feel like just same thing with Cam Wake. We're wasting this guy's last few prime years, and it might do him a good a favor and. Uh, our our team as well with the contract situation a favor if we just part ways and I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Yeah, I mean it'd be tough this year. I mean that that contract makes it almost impossible for us to be able to move him right now. But uh, interesting thing you said the Chargers because I was thinking well if we're going to trade him you'd want to trade him to the Saints or somebody in the <laughs> NFC. But um, thinking about this it would not surprise me if Brian Flores thinks okay this guy's got talent he doesn't fit with my scheme he doesn't seem to be happy here uh, he can still help and contribute somewhere else maybe I should trade him to an AFC contender why because that AFC contender might beat the Patriots and wouldn't it be great if Brian Flores and uh, Chris Greer were able to engineer a trade where we get some draft picks of some sort for Rashad Jones and Rashad Jones is able to maybe sack Tom Brady knock down a pass at a critical moment or even pick six Tom Brady sometime in the playoffs and end the New England Patriots streak of uh, Super Bowl appearances and everything else that would be uh, that would be like next level ninja shit for Brian Flores so <laughs> I, I, I I'm kind of rooting for that uh, for a number of reasons a we already talked about this team's not going to be very good this year this guy's in his prime at the tail end of his prime he he's not going to do anything with the Miami Dolphins of, of note in my opinion no. um, the, the Sad part would be, you know, he's been here nine years. Uh, he's almost a decade-long player. Uh, question for you: If Rashad Jones does go, um, does he come back one day and get his name in the Ring of Honor, or is he has he not accomplished enough yet? 
Um, that's so tough because of how bad we've been. It's going to be a stain on that. Like, I think Ken Wake absolutely will. Oh, for sure. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, but Rashad Jones is one of those guys that you kind of, as the years will go on, will forget that he was a Miami Dolphin for so long. I could see him going to a team like the Chargers and being there three, three, four years and everybody kind of synonymous with him being a Charger. Yeah. And because uh, he's on TV, he's on national TV, he's winning playoff games, things like that, making big plays. Um, so that's a tough one because safety position is very, uh, I don't know. I just feel like the safety position doesn't have the weight that it. Uh, do you look at a guy like Eric Berry, mm. uh, where he was just like everybody was foaming at the mouth to draft this guy out of Tennessee? He did great things when he came in, and then it's just like it's just easy to get rid of him towards the end of the career. Now he had the cancer and stuff like that, so it's different. But even Eric Weddle, Earl Thomas, Cam, Ch- you know these guys are just. After a certain amount of time, it's just the dime a dozen type deal where we've literally changed positions for Bobby McCain and we've moved him back there. So in their brain, in their mind, it's like anybody can – not anybody can do it, but if you're good enough, you can coach them to be good enough that we need back there. It's almost like a right fielder. You're just like, you know, I mean, can we move anybody there like right. and, and do what he does? Yeah, you're a great right fielder, but it doesn't – uh, it's not a, of importance as a pass rusher and a quarterback and things like that. No, I agree with you. And, and you said Eric Weddle. That was the guy I was thinking of is when you said, hey, you know, if, if Rashad Jones moves on and spends four or five years somewhere else and has some success in the playoffs and elsewhere, people are going to start to recognize him as that guy for that team. Uh, Eric Weddle's kind of that guy. I mean, he was with the who, he was with the Chargers forever. Chargers, right? And went to the Ravens. Ravens, and now he's on the Rams, right? I don't even know, but I associate him more with the Ravens than I do the Chargers. I think for that very reason is that I think he had a little bit more success running around in the back as a safety for the Ravens than he did the Chargers. But um, yeah, I, I don't know if he gets his number retired if he leaves right now, if he leaves this year. I think if he gets ten years in with the Miami Dolphins and he has a couple more consistent seasons, then Rashad Jones probably has a shot of making the Ring of Honor. I don't think he makes uh, the, the Hall of Fame. At least not right now no. um but what do you think well of, and uh, the things like and staying on Rashad just for a second but the things like last season where he benched himself yeah you know yeah. he didn't show up for voluntary workouts this year and I know it's voluntary I'm not saying it I'm not saying I disagree or agree I'm just saying those little things leave that sour taste where that might not happen any you know in the future because of those little decisions towards the end of his career here no, I totally agree with you there and uh, I was thinking of uh you know if, if his career with the Dolphins were to end tomorrow um, which player are you picking in their prime to be the safety back there for the Miami Dolphins, Rashad Jones or Jeremiah Bell? Oh, God, Jesus. Because that's another one that people forget, that what he mm. was so good. The Bullfrog was so good for us for a number of years. I think you take Rashad all day, and that's only because of his pass coverage ability, his okay. interceptions, his, his touchdown returns, uh, and his help in the run game. Jeremiah was great. He was like almost like a you know an, an added linebacker back there, yeah. and I think he had the benefit of playing with a better defense. Jeremiah did true than uh, Rashad did. You put Rashad, you know, with all those guys, Jason Taylor and stuff like that. Like holy shit! Like you got Jason Taylor coming, you got to get rid of that ball in four seconds, so you can take the first read and jump it. A guy like Rashad Jones would have just feasted in that kind of defense so in their prime i love love 37 i love Jeremiah bell um but i would take i'd take rashad all day yeah i think i'm with you i think i take rashad just a little bit more i might have recency bias but i just think he may he's a better playmaker and uh, uh yeah. than Jeremiah was but uh Jeremiah did i mean man he could lay the lumber he had you know arms the size of david boston back there and the dude was just <laughs> uh was was a joy to watch when he was back here with the miami dolphins for all those years but uh either way I man i'm my heart to see him on the jets that Good was Lord. you know him and jason taylor both did not fit when they were on the jets it just did not no. look 
uh, natural. It looked like they didn't even know which uh, end of the you know uniform to shit out of. It just didn't make sense to me that they were there. But uh, you know, teach their own, I suppose. And hopefully, Rashad Jones doesn't go to the Jets, where Adam Gase would Gosh, ultimately embrace him. Yeah, I don't think so either. In fact, I think he stays with the Miami Dolphins for uh, for this season, and I think we part ways after this season. It's just a matter of what that's going to look like between now and the end of the season. Because I get the feeling, I could be wrong, I get the feeling he and Brian Flores do not mix. Yeah, I can I can see that, you know, totally. Um, another team I would think about too, especially with all the hype going on, I could see, and they, and they give up, um, what's his name from uh, Michigan, to get Odo Beckham. Can you imagine him going to the Browns, reunited with Landry? Yeah, I mean that would be uh, that would <laughs> that would be uh, that would be something to, to say the least. And you're right, Eric Weddle is on the Rams. I just looked it up. So for all yeah. those people that were uh, yelling at your radios or your iPhones or whatever it is right now, saying yes, he's on the Rams, confirm it. There <laughs> your you radios, go. <laughs> like somebody's somebody's got a battery powered jukebox listening in the perfect bill right now. It's probably Cracker Zach. That yes. okay, motherfucker. If you guys are listening to this on your record players, uh, Eric Weddle. <laughs> Now get off my lawn, you crazy kids. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Well, let's uh, let's take a break here. Let's pay some bills, and we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the Miami Dolphins and everything else going on with our favorite team here in the town of Perfectville. The Dolphins Talk.com Podcast Network brings you only the best podcasts covering the Miami Dolphins. With fins up, fans down, welcome to Perfectville, the same old Dolphins show, the Landon and Jeff show, as well as DolphinsTalk.com daily podcast. You will get in-depth coverage from diehard, passionate Miami Dolphins fans each and every week. Be sure to listen to all these great podcasts and check them out at DolphinsTalk.com. All right there, Chris. We talked about Rashad Jones. We talked about Josh Rosen, Ryan Fitzpatrick. We talked a little bit about Brian Flores. Uh, we talked about the fact that this is the most okayest podcast of all time. And keeping with that tradition, uh, we do want to talk about some other people that are doing more than just okay. Uh, you you have a shout-out for a certain wide receiver here, Chris, that has just been tearing it up through training camp, uh, through mini camps, all of it. I mean, I remember talking about this guy a few months ago, and I was kind of like, hey, he's doing everything he's supposed to be doing, but let's see what happens when the pads come on. Well, the pads have come on here, Chris, and uh, the guy you have earmarked is doing doing some good things. Uh, why don't you uh, shed some light on that? Well, we mentioned Josh Rosen and what he's doing uh, uh, most recently at the scrimmage that we had on Saturday uh, where Fitzpatrick was very inconsistent, a couple picks, uh, Xavier Howard and Rosen on the two-team. All I kept reading from these beat writers about how good Josh Rosen's doing and the guy he kept throwing it to is none other than Preston Williams. And this guy has been talked about all offseason from the uh, mini camps to the training camp. Uh, he's just making things happen with his size, his catch radius, his speed, his route running. Uh, Xavier Howard came out recently and said, and I quote, he's going to be a special receiver in this yeah. league, like a starter. Like Xavier Howard's telling you that's your competition in camp. He's going against this guy every day. And um, he's one of those guys, if he has a preseason, Sam, I can see either a trade bait for one of our other guys because I mean, we still got Stills and Parker and Grant, and it's tough. It's going to be really tough to get this guy on the field, but they're going to have to do it because when he's out there, he is making plays, and Josh Rosen doesn't stop throwing it to him, making me think he's a smart quarterback because he's making stuff happen. And we're going to have to see him with the ones. We're going to have to see him with a good line blocking and Stills and Parker taking uh, you know, taking defensive guys away and see what he can do with the lights around in preseason, which is still yet to be seen. But as of now, where we sit here recording this, Preston Williams is having himself a camp. He's six foot four. He's huge. He's huge. He's 210, 215 pounds. He is a big guy. He is, you know, if he sticks 
and and he's a guy that you can rely on. And if for whatever reason, Devontae Parker finally, after a fucking half decade, decides to get his head out of his ass, you have two guys out there that you can just. I could play quarterback and throw the ball to either one of these guys if they go up and get it. I mean, six foot four. I mean, you can't teach that, as uh, as people would say. Uh, now, I love Jakeem Grant. You know, I, I love uh, the other three. You know, Brandon Albert and all the not Brandon Albert. Who am I thinking of? Um, Albert Wilson. Albert Wilson. Oh, I like Brandon <laughs> Albert too. He was a good tackle. Um, Albert Wilson and uh, Kenny Stills. You know, and they all have their own skill set. But the, those little scat back wide receivers that we got. Okay, great. But six four. And he's doing it. And he's out there, and, and he's doing everything that he's supposed to be doing, just like we talked about a couple of months ago. Um, yeah, that's a guy to keep an eye on for sure. That's a guy that you, you're going to give an extra look to. That's a guy that you say, you know what, this might make somebody else expendable, and this might make our team better. This might be a guy that you can build around at 21, 22 years old, you know, on, on a very small contract. Uh, if he does it, if he does it in preseason, this guy's going to make the team. That's, that's my prediction. If he does anything oh, yeah. of merit in preseason, he will make this team. He has to. Brian. I would call for Brian Flores' job immediately if we let this guy walk, especially if you cut him. I mean, like, people forget. You look at this guy and you're like, oh, cool, he went to Colorado State. No, no, no. His first two years, he was at SEC's Tennessee. Like, he was a big-time recruit out of high school. He wasn't just some nobody that snuck on at Colorado State and had a couple good years. Like, he was at one point in time recruited to play for a gigantic school, albeit not good recently, Tennessee, but they're an SEC school. I mean, like that's a big-time football, 100,000 fans. This kid is going to that program. He has shown up, and he's playing like he has a chip on his shoulder, and I think he, I feel like he's been doing that since he left Tennessee and transferred to Colorado State. He sat out, played there, smaller school, undrafted, comes in here, and he doesn't care who's in front of him. Devontae Parker, Stills, Wilson, Grant, doesn't matter. He's showing what he's got, and it doesn't matter if it's in one-on-one drill, seven-on-seven, on air, with pads. He's making plays, and if you keep doing that, like I tell the kids that I coach, you make me take you off the field. Give me a reason to take you off the field. If you're making plays, I'm out of my mind if I take you off the field. So if he keeps doing this, you keep him on this team and you find a place for him. Like you said, Stills in the slot or Wilson in the slot. Shit, go four wide with Parker and and Williams both outside with uh, Wilson and Grant in the slot. Who do you cover? You've got the height advantage. You've got the speed inside. It's a nightmare on defense, especially in this kind of uh, Duncan get rid of the ball type of offense where you can take your shots when you need to. That's the kind of guy you want on the field. Yeah, I mean, you could say what you want about Colorado State, but he had 96 receptions for 1,345 yards and 14 touchdowns last season. Mm. I mean, that's that's a big boy uh, stat line right there. I don't care if it's Tennessee, Colorado State, or University of Florida at that point. Um, if he can continue doing this and prove everybody wrong that he belongs here, uh, like you said, he'd be out of his mind to get rid of him. And no offense to you, Chris, because you actually put this guy on my radar a couple of months ago. But when <laughs> Xavier Howard is telling you this guy is going to be a starter, that's when I take notice. That's when I perk up and go, Oh, so wait, I've never heard of this guy until I go check the archives and go, actually, Chris heard of this guy. I told me about him a couple months ago. But still, uh, when Xavier Howard, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, is telling you this guy is going to be a fantastic wide receiver in this league, I think you have to take notice. You have to. He he knows it because he, he plays against them play in and play out and he plays against the best play in and play out he's he's been in nfl long enough and he played in college he knows a good receiver when he sees one because he's the one that has to cover him and if he's having nightmares playing against this guy he knows he's going to be special like you said i believe him well speaking of people who might have nightmares playing against this guy he's going to get his opportunity this week against the atlanta falcons here chris game one of preseason as you said nothing really matters because it's preseason but also at the same time in a new era with new coaches new players new quarterbacks new everything new hope in some ways uh 
it's just as much everything matters. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. what are you looking forward to the most? And I know, I mean, I'll put the default out there. We want no injuries. We get that. So let's just take that off the table because that's what we're hoping for is absolutely no injuries. Uh, that's a given. But outside of that, what is the number one, number two, number three thing you're looking for out of this game against the Atlanta Falcons? Here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for an offensive ident- and defensive identity. I want to see the type of offense we're going to be. I want to see uh, the type of routes we're going to run. Adam Gase came in with this whole mantra that he's this QB whisperer and he's offensive genius, and all we saw was duds, slants, and uh, you know, no slants. I'm sorry, we wanted slants. You know, screens, predictability, things that like just we were calling from our couches. Watching the game, you know, four states away, you're like, how am I predicting this? And Gase expects us to be successful. So I want to see situational football where we're picking apart defensives and taking uh, taking advantage of weaknesses. On defense, I want to see a pass rush. I want to see blitz. I want to see coverages. I want to see things where we can have an identity. We can say, yes, that's Miami Dolphins football, X, Y, and Z. I also want to see Christian Wilkins. This guy has been starting since day one. Mm. First round draft pick. From Clemson, I took my son to Clemson football camp in our downtime while uh, you and I were away. And um, Dabo Sweeney did a speech to all the parents and the players after camp was over. And he specifically mentioned Christian Wilkins about how much of a leader he is. He graduated with a 4.0 GPA and was getting his master's while also being a defensive player of the year and getting drafted in the first round of the NFL. This guy is special. He's been starting since day one. When they asked the defensive line coach why, he said because he came in immediately in shape. He's playing hard. He does his duties. He's smart. He knows what he's doing. Why would you leave him off? No one's playing better than him. So you have him next to Godchow. I want to see Christian Wilkins make plays because this guy is going to be our future defensive tackle stud for years to come. And you partner him with Godchow and a Taylor. We got a solid group there that's just young, hungry, and ready to go. You know Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm no, sorry. I was going to say, just on the Christian Wilkins thing, I mean, how refreshing is it to see a guy who's coming to a team that's really, really bad, uh, yet be so excited about it and so energetic yes. about it and say, you know what? I'm glad I have this opportunity. And like you said, coming from a national championship program in college, uh, having the success he had in the classroom and on the field, it could be very disheartening to come here and go, oh my God, these guys don't know what they're doing. But instead, what he's done is he's almost embraced it, become a leader and said, you know what? I'm going to lead by example. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to bust my ass. I'm going to be in shape and I'm going to prove everybody that we're better than maybe everyone's giving us credit for and that's got to be infectious i mean that that's if you're a veteran like a kiko alonzo let's say and you're like okay another preseason you know another training camp let's just get through this without getting injured and you see that don't you have to check yourself in the mirror and say god i am not the leader that i think i am you know this this guy this guy is showing up like you said day in day out earning a starting role as a rookie and uh he might be one of the best players we have um, yeah. you know regardless of defense, offense, anything. Uh, that that says a lot about him, and I think it maybe says a lot about some of the veterans that have been here for a few years that might be phoning it in a little bit. So um, I agree with you, man. That's going to be fun to watch him. Well, and he's one of those guys, like you said, you lead by doing. And Ken Wake was the same way. He wasn't vocal. He would just be in the weight room earlier than everyone else and stay later than everyone else, make the plays, not make the same mistake over again, correct himself, be, be the guy in the in the coach's room, in the meeting room that knows the answers. And that's exactly who he is and what he does. And he showed up. You're exactly right. He could show up and be like, guys, come on. 14th overall pick. This is too bad. I'm from Clemson. I've got these titles. Blah, blah, blah. Nope. He came in in shape 
earned his position, proving why he was a first-round pick. And I got to give props to Chris Greer because the last two first-round picks we've had are from Alabama and Clemson. You go to the best teams, the best coached guys with a Minka Fitzpatrick and a Christian Wilkins. That's how you build a structure and a foundation of a good NFL football team. It takes a little bit, but this these are the type of guys you want in your locker room because you got to follow. Like you said, Alonzo, all these other guys, even Rashad Jones. You look at this kid hyping everybody up and stuff for a preseason game. It gives you a little taste again about what it was like when you were new in the NFL, and that's uh, that's what he brings. All right, Chris, what's the third thing you're looking forward to the most here when it comes to this uh, preseason battle against the Atlanta Falcons? I'm looking for rookies. I love to see these guys show up. Andrew Van Ginkle. I want to see Ch- uh, uh, Chandler Cox and Miles Gaskin show up and do things. Those are the, guy- the guys that-, that give me a reason to watch this preseason game because they're going to get the majority of the snaps. I want to look at Mark Walton. I want to see what he's doing. He's been playing snaps on the second team. Mm-hmm. Guy that was cut from the Bengals. Young guy played at the University of Miami. Knows it's a second chance. Um, probably will get arrested <laughs> by halftime. <laughs> I want to see that. I want to. <laughs> you knew that's around. I- I was going to say, it's nice that they have a work release program with the Miami Dolphins in the county jails that he can come out and play on Thursday night. Well, we thought they were bringing back orange jerseys, but he's just in an orange jumpsuit on the field. Oh. <laughs> yes, the rookies, the Mark Waltons. I want to see. Um, see, I want to see Gasecki. I want to see how he's using this yeah. offense. Right? You know, this is an offense that took advantage of a guy with the size of Gronk and really made him the mainstay of the offense. I want to see how much he plays and how much he's involved in the offense. So those are the exciting things, man. I want to see Rosen, of course. I want to see uh, the the identity of our offense and defense. These young guys. I want to see this foundation that we have building up and see them to progress. They need to progress week after week, and that's all you can ask. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, from my standpoint here, what I'm looking forward to the most is, number one, the rookies. You know, I want to see how they're uh, fitting in, you know, how, how they're actually um, – uh, advancing and, and, and getting to the pro game because it's a different game than college. And, you know, this is their fir- our first opportunity to really see them and see how they're actually, uh, you know, getting assimilated and all that fun stuff, acclimated. Uh, I also want to see I, – I want to see – fundamentals. Um, one of the things that we didn't do well under Adam Gase is penalties. And uh, we kind of mm. threw that off to the side because we were expecting the explosive plays and all this creativity on offense and all this stuff. But what I really want to see is fundamental football. I want to make sure that we're lining up in the right formations. I want to make sure that we're not jumping off sides, that we're not having false starts, that we're not having a ton of holding penalties, that we're not running the wrong routes that's leading to you know incomplete passes or interceptions or things of that, that, that nature. So I want to see those fundamentals uh, that they're there. That you know if we can do this right then we can do the other things correct as well and I think that's going to take some time it might be a little sloppy up front uh, but that's what I'm hoping to see I want to see progression from people that know what they're doing and are doing it the right way and then finally uh, given the fact that we fired our offensive line coach and have uh, have rehired an offensive line coach who's been here two other stints uh, I want to see how this offensive line does from the first quarter to the fourth quarter I mean that's been a huge sore spot for us for many years this year is no different Uh, like I said we're already on our second offensive line coach so I want to see how that unit does I want to see who starts i want to see who's who's doing well um and maybe who where we need to uh take a look at shoring up after this even after this first game here so uh those are really the areas that i that i'm looking forward to the most here chris is how are the rookies doing how are they doing when in the pro ball game um how are we lining up how are we running our basic football packages and then uh, how is that offensive line doing as a unit in general so uh those, those are my three areas 
That's a great point about the fundamentals. That's nothing was more frustrating last year than the uh, than, than the penalties, the little, little things, the mind stuff. And Flores came in. Obviously, that was a huge uh, area of concern with the TNT wall. Takes no talent. It takes no talent to know it's on two. It takes no talent to know your simple assignment or get your base low and get in front of a guy. It takes no talent to do that. It's coaching and it's how much your will is. So I agree with that completely. I want to see a fairly clean game uh, penalty-wise to where we're a disciplined football team. So uh, explain the TNT wall to those that maybe aren't following um, you know, training camp as, as closely as you and I and some others are doing. I mean, the TNT wall is the take no talent, takes no talent wall, correct? That's right. That's right. So, so the t- uh, Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so just explain to everyone what that is and why, why that's being referenced here as well as uh, on Twitter and everywhere else. Well, as a coach myself, it's one of those things where you can only do so much. So um, you can teach them your 4-3 defense, and you can teach them who, what the blitz calls are and what to look for on the type of offense you're playing in one week. But the things you can't really coach are the things that you have to take responsibility for, especially as a professional athlete. And that's the things of knowing your assignments and knowing where you're going and getting your stance right and not holding uh, to break up a big play or not jumping off sides when you know you don't move until the ball snaps or you know it's on two little things like that where you need to take responsibility as a player as a professional that Brian Flores has come in and made it a complete um, importance to this team of its identity so the take takes no talent walls the TNT walls a wall that's positioned there at the facility and if you make that mistake he makes the entire defense run and touch that wall the offense jumps off sides, even one guy, you all run and touch that wall. We tell the kids, why, why, that only Jimmy jumped off sides. Well, guess what? You jump off sides in the game, the whole team moves back five yards. That's it. It's a team game. You do it together. You succeed together. You fail together when you win or lose. So they don't say, you know, Josh Rosen won today against the Patriots. The Miami Dolphins won, even if he had the best game of his life. So he is keeping uh, everyone on their toes. The fundamentals, the mental things, the small things, running their route exactly how you're supposed to, planting that foot where the quarterback's expecting it, a safety being over the top to help a corner that's covering the flats, little things like that is the TNT wall, and he's brought that in, and I love it. So two things based on that explanation right there. Number one, I hope the TNT wall makes its way to the sidelines for every game. I hope that there's, you know, it could be week <laughs> seven and we jump offside and all of a sudden the entire team on the broadcast is like, where are they going? Oh, they got to go touch the TNT wall and they got to run over there and then come back and line back up. That Within would be 25 seconds of the play clock. <laughs> hey, man, you better be fast. You know, that's all I'm saying. That would be hilarious. Number two. I love, and I know you didn't mean it this way, but I love the idea of individual penalties. So, like, if you are the one that uh, <laughs> is a false start, uh, you know, uh, the one that jumped off sides or whatever, you are the one that has to go back five yards. The rest of the team gets to stay where they're at. That would be amazing. I think that that would be great because if you're holding and you're the center, that means you're now lining up behind the quarterback. <laughs> Or like Josh Rosen's offsides, he has to like stand like a punter in the yeah. shotgun position. <laughs> yeah, he's got to shotgun this thing 20 yards behind. John Denny would get more playing time because all of a sudden you got to make a substitution <laughs> and put John Denny in as your center for a shotgun on second down and 25. So so if it's a pass interference penalty, it's like a 50-yard penalty. <laughs> Savian Howard has to basically play like a punt returner, like back 50 yeah. yards from the line of no, scrimmage. No, 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 no. So what would happen there is that he would actually have to play like 50 yards behind the receiver and play catch-up. So he'd be playing, you know, like from the – from behind the line of scrimmage on offense, which would actually be a penalty in itself. So it would be basically <laughs> never death- ending. Oh, it would be never ending. It would be hilarious. Like you talk about opening up the game, uh, have the defensive player line up five yards past the line of scrimmage on offense and play catch up. I love that's the like idea. When I, that's like when I played Madden, I would like 
make sure you don't touch alignment as a defender. You'd run right behind the quarterback, and as soon as he snaps it, you hit him. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a penalty. Sure, I'll take it. But, you know, it's one of those things, too. You, you're like, well, Xavier Howard's got to wait till halftime now because it's going to be never ending. <laughs> but that's not going to be the case because halftime cannot end on a defensive penalty. There you go. So they will, they will be back there. <laughs> It'll never end. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, that would be uh, that would be an amazing way to change up this game and make it a little more interesting. Up, up, up! Our left tackle's holding. He's got to stand ten yards behind the line of scrimmage, and that defensive end just got a clear shot. You better be chipping if you're the running back at that point. And right, um, and don't don't hold or you'll be joining them back there. Yeah, you just see the entire line behind your quarterback, and your quarterback's just there, like man, I hate every. That's that's what it felt like to be Ryan Tannehill most of the time. He's just standing out there by yourself. Uh We've got a lot of good ideas. We could make the NFL so much better between you and I. We would we would make the NFL be something better than just okay, I guess. Yeah, just like this podcast. Just like this podcast. And speaking of this podcast, uh, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Chris, anything else you want to talk about before we uh, take off for this week one preseason extravaganza? No, yeah, I'm okay. Well, <laughs> and I am okay as well, <laughs> I guess. So uh, with that being said, on behalf of Chris and myself, goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.